river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 69. Okay, so when last we left you, it was Epidias. Yep. Um, you had gone around poking and exploring. Yep. Um, gone up into the cloudberry fields, found a tree and... Oh, uh, yes. ...found the road to Fort Drelev. Yes. Uh, the last thing you were exploring in was the... Uh, Azuhuzul Huzzle Wuzzle. Yes. Yeah, the thing that clawed people's eyes out. Yes. Um, you had butchered that like the low CR challenge that it is. Yeah. Uh, back in Catapesh, Elders had talked to you about um, Cressel. Yep. They are getting married next month in Calistrial. Right, And yes. then will be leaving. Yes. Um, and you had dealt with... The last thing you did was you dealt with the Packmasters of Catapesh. Of course. So that, that that actually... I think the exploring was actually in the previous Correct. month. Because that was the kingdom turn of Abadias, um after the previous month's swamp exploration where we butchered the eye-eating monster. Correct. So we, that swamp. we have done all the kingdom turn stuff for Abadias, Yeah. And now you're free to go about your business. Cool. So um, let's kick off with the levelling. Yep. Because we have leveled in the interim and um, would like to catch up on whatever everyone's been doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you, Kaelin, and you can tell me anyone that. I've I've written them all down, I just haven't transferred them to character sheets. Yeah, well, that's. The little girl came and jumped on me while I was trying to do that. Yeah, well, that's not um, very difficult. Okay, so Kaelin has had an extremely boring fighter level because it's. um, He's taken a. um, He's gone from level 6 to level 7 of of fighter. Mm hmm. can't actually see the light in the day. Is it? It is going. Okay, cool. Um, so he gets Bupkis, but he got some more hit points, and he rolled high, so he's on 105. Um, and he got a point of best attack bonus, so all his attacks have gone up again. Um, he's um, got no save bonuses at all from his level, but he put he got an extra bonus fighter... Point. Stalwart Defender point, save bonus. Yeah. Which you put in will, because like his will is significantly better than his reflex, but the will saves from his point of view matter more. Yep. All he gets from the reflex saves is hurt, generally speaking. Yep. Um, so he's, his will is now on 13, which is nearly as good as his fortitude. Yep. 
Um, and he got some. He got a small pile of skill points. He put one in climb, one in intimidate, one in ride, and one in swim. Um, and that was pretty much the entire level. Okay. And then he got a um, relationship point. Which he put in relationship with Tristram because this has been a very a bit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was a big deal, you know, staying it, it, the whole changeling thing and sticking with Tristram regardless was a big deal character thing. So that's the um. Okay. Do you want the NPCs? Yes. What are the NPCs up to? Uh, so Tristram took Bard level eleven. Yep. Uh, base attack, no saves. Tiny Bardic hit points. Yeah, uh, he gains an extra third level spell a day, which he's very excited about because it means he can cast shit that isn't um, just two phantom steeds. Yeah, um, he gains a fourth level spell slot at last. Uh, he, I can't remember whether he can actually cast. I think yes, he can now cast a fourth level spell a day. Yeah, and um, also gains an extra spell known, which. Um, I was debating between Greater Invisibility and Liam and Secure Shelter, because you've been doing all the swamp adventuring. Those are both pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, Greater Invisibility is amazeballs, but um, I really like... Can he even cast in regular invisibility? Yes, he knows regular He knows invisibility. Oh, that's is. right, because when we're sneaking around, Kaelin has an invisibility potion interest. I kind of like the Secure Shelter one, I've got to say. Yep. Yeah, I think that... Um, uh, and it seems very theme with Tristram, because, you know, his, his philosophy has always certainly seemed to be magic is for your convenience. Yeah, well, what will happen is he'll go, he'll, you'll go back from, recent, from all this work you've been doing out in the swamps, and then several days later he'll call you and he'll say, Kaelin, you've, you've got to see this. I was thinking about going back out to the swamps with you, and I was looking at my outfit and thinking, perhaps you had a point that it might not be suitable... But then I thought, no, damn it! I'm an intelligent man. There has to be another way, a better way than simply changing clothes. And I sat down and I thought really hard about it. And as I was doing that, well, this happens, and a stone cottage appears in front of you. Look what I can do! Bloody hellfire! You can actually go round and expect the little cottage and. You make cottages? With self-opening doors and windows, arcane locks to seal it, a fire that lights upon command, and there are several people in here, there are several beings in here like Rupert, if I need more than one of them. I'm not certain, between this and the horses, I'm not certain adventuring's meant to be this comfy. Honesty compels me to admit, though, I'll probably get used to it, the horses are bloody good value. All the comforts of home in the middle of a swamp. Uh, it won't work on the middle of a lake, though. You still need something solid to put it on. Aye, well, I don't think I'd want to be trying it on the middle of a lake. And nice I'm one. I'm fairly certain if we put it on quicksand, we'll wake up under the ground. All right, well, we'll want to find a... But I'm sure we can track down a, a flatter bit of land, because that's what we'd be camping on anyway. We'll just put this little cottage thing on so it. Yes, he can now nice. cast one fourth little spell a day, of which he knows legend lore, cure critical wounds, and Leoman's secure shelter. So um, if he's needed to do the emergency giant healing or um, research an artifact or something, we we'll, um, we won't be sleeping in a in a bed in a cozy bed tonight. Yeah. Uh, and then he got a trillion skill points that he stuffed in all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, Who can keep track of Tristran's skills? Not me, certainly. Uh, as his spells have gone up again, he put concentration up, so you can make that. 
Ride, search, perform, bluff, diplomacy, intimidate, because he's done the Rushlight tournament at this level. Yeah. Um, knowledge nature, gather information. Uh, alas, um, owing to all the recent incidents about Tristan and the Fae and him being a changeling and all that sort of thing, he has had to break down and put a point into sense motive. Ah. What, it's his first point? His first and only point in sense motive, giving him a plus one bonus to <laughs> He doesn't like to not think the best of people. Yeah. Uh, then we have Bryn. But with the revelation that his entire life's been built on a secret conspiracy, he decided it might be worth to know slightly more than nothing about what's going on with other people. Yeah. <laughs> Bryn had a super exciting level. Ooh. Um, she is now at 102 hit points and chasing you. Woohoo! That's the spirit. Uh, base attack, no saves. Uh, she can now make two flurry attacks, both at no penalty. Sweet. So she's just going to flurry everything. Yep, there is no incentive for her to not flurry everything all the time for everyone ever. Yep. Uh, she gains diamond body. She is now immune to all poisons. Oh, nice. Uh, to be honest, with her fortitude save, that was always going to be a low percentage chance it's anyway. The that's exciting. Yeah, she's now immune to poison and disease. Yeah, but on the other hand, the fact is, you know, if someone's using the good stuff, it might get past Kaelin's fortitude save, and the good stuff tends to be pretty nasty, whereas... Uh, Kaelin's in favour of her being immune to poison, generally. Points in tumble, climb, uh, to cl- one point in climb to boost her physical uh, skills a bit. She's very slowly boosting climb and swim. Yeah. Uh, hide, move silently, another one in sense motive. Yeah. Uh, diplomacy and spot. Oh, very Diplomacy nice. is now at two. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, they, she can't put a lot of points... I didn't think she'd ever put a point in diplomacy before. Apparently there was one. Uh, Michaela. Yes. Uh, took a seventh level in Initiate of the Mysteries. Ah, yes. Uh, got some more glorious base attack, which is fun when you're Michaela. Man, it's been a while since we did that big revelation scene, but I can't get over getting Michaela's levels. Yep. It's pretty great. Uh, she now has an extra third level spell slot and an extra second level spell slot. Her defaults are bull strength and cure serious wounds. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, her spell list is almost all cure, seri- cure wounds. Yeah, yeah, because she's a... Uh, Spontaneous inflictor. Yeah. Uh, poison sense motive, bluff, knowledge religion, concentration, disguise, uh, spot and listen, as uh. well this time, uh, and diplomacy. She took points in it when she got um, uh, what was not ability from Titania. Ah, uh, yes. The, the spontaneous points manifested themselves in spot and listen, and she started putting it up since then. Right, yep. Uh, and Corbin, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Corbin uh, yep, gained the ability to injure people some more. <laughs> Corbin got spells. Yeah. Corwin got six level spells specifically. Yeah. Uh, of which he is taking. Um, Given he's the only straight caster who isn't a bard, he's the only one that got six level spells. Tossing around between harm and word of recall, I've defaulted into word of recall. I think word of recall is bad. Uh, and his six level domain spell is cone of coal. Oh sweet. Hmm? Six level water domain. Very nice. Because the six level death domain is create greater undead. Yeah. Yes, it's good that he's got water because um, a lot of those death domainies. I mean, the low ones of recall and things. Uh, everything, but the he's ta- ones... everything he's taken is death domain explicitly, except the things that I create undead. Yeah. So he's missed third level, he's missed sixth level, and I think he'll miss another one too. Yeah. But the water ones are all pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah, and it gives him a neat. Um, given that his um, spells in general are so death themed, it's um, the the water thing, the water domain ones, give him a nice bit of additional flavour. Okay, and that's that. Yes. Alright, so you said I could talk to people about Elasmosaurus transportation. 
What a phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did indeed say that you could talk to people about a Lasmosaurus transportation. I th- you said, I think it was Brim and Corwin were the two party members who uh, might be able to advise me on transporting an Lasmosaurus. So I you, can't remember. you've come back. Yes. Uh, you have talked about, um, I think what I would probably like to run this game is the Kingmaker book out of the cover. If that doesn't seem overly unreasonable to oh, you. No, it, it, it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch. Here you are. Thank you. Okay, so you have found where you think the Elasmosaurus is living. Yes. Uh, your guess is that it is not necessarily a full-grown one, but you're probably looking at something that weighs about four ton. Yeah. Um, Which, even for Kaelin's carrying capacities, is a bit beyond what he can actually lug. Yeah, I think you could probably actually drag a ton by yourself. Yeah, but not four. <laughs> no. Um, so you were asking about um, what people's thoughts were about how to do that. Yes. Um, and... Um, Corwin's suggestion was to go out there with a boat and then tow it back. Like, tie it to the back of the boat and float it all the way back again. Wait, and, has Corwin told me about his new spell? What's the limit on what... Could we word of recall it uh, back? No, no, you could not. Ah. <laughs> um, it is vastly too large for Corwin to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose it would make sense that there would be a weight limit. Uh, and also then it would reappear where he set the spell. Ah, uh, yes. His default is the Church of Phrasmara. Yeah, like but, it, but in this plan we would say outside Umbleweed's tower thing. He thinks this is such a great idea. <laughs> Not in the Church of Phrasmara. Among other things, if we teleported Elasmosaurus into the Church of Phrasmara, we might not be able to get it out again. I mean, it would flip through the doors. <laughs> because the Elasmosaurus is huge and he can take, like, one million creature per three cast levels or something. Right, yeah. So he can move you and him. I th- he's... He either is at or is getting to the point where he could move horses as well. Yeah. Um, but um, definitely not Elasmosaurus as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so his suggestion is tie it to the back of a boat and literally float it all the way back to Lakeview because you can just take rivers all the uh, way yes. there because there's all this river land running through the marshes. And, of course, r- r- Lakeview was on two rivers, joining between two rivers and the lake. At least one of which I believe does flow through Draylicus land. Yep. Yep, okay, that's that's a clever suggestion. What was the um, other person who had a suggestion? Uh, Bryn's one will pretty much be the same. How do I get a huge heavy object from point A to point B? Well, yes. tow, it, tow it in the water. Cool. Because the thing is, in the water it will weigh vastly less. Yep. Alright, Kaelin Car- Ca- routinely carries 250 foot of rope. Which I would think is enough to tell yep. a Lazarusaurus. Yes, certainly. And um, could we get Corwin's folding boat upriver? I know Corwin's folding. Oh, oh, it can be two. It can be two different sizes, can't it? So yes. we can make it the small one. Uh, there's there's by boat routes between Lakeview and um, Drayle- and Fort Drayleaf anyway. Yeah. So that shouldn't be any problem. The um, the folding boat I think should be more than big enough to do this, but I can. I, I know it can be big enough. My question was whether it can be small enough for river travel. Uh, yes, easily. Sweet. It's a ship that carries 15... It's a, it's a dinghy boat that holds four people comfortably or a ship that carries 15 people comfortably. Sweet. Uh, which will fit up these rivers, no problem. Excellent. 
Alright. You know, these, these rivers are not impossibly, generally speaking, impossibly wide. You would need to seek out the bigger ones instead of the smaller ones. But when I say that, I mean they're several hundred metres wide minimum, as opposed to four kilometres wide. Yeah. You can see from one side to the other. Yeah. And generally speaking, you can ford them with horses, particularly if you have magical... Um, Floating horses. Water walking horses. Yeah, the downside with taking... It's going to be really hard not to just take Tristram out all the time now. He's going to get all the wilderness exploration. Because <laughs> he didn't have the specialisation so much unless I thought there were going to be things I needed to talk to. You know, mm. Corwin was for killing the big monsters. Um, Michaela was Tristan for Tristan is your transport monster. Yeah, Tristan is my bog. <laughs> Tristan is now my bog guy. <laughs> what a prize. Yeah, yeah. Well, not just Boggs. Boggs and interesting things to talk to, so he's probably ha- interesting things to talk to and Faye things, yeah. so he's probably happier with the other two. How strong are you? Uh, 20 if I'm wearing my gloves. So, you could drag about half an Elasmosaurus by yourself. Wow. <laughs> Which probably means if I cut in half, me and Michaela could tow a half each. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no one else hits 20 strength. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, that's not my natural strength. I'm wearing my gold of overpower. Which, in all fairness, you know, I get first dibs on loot, so anything that strikes me is shiny. I'm also wearing Cloak of Resistance plus three. Oh, I'd completely forgotten I had on. Uh, so it is It is also a possibility between um, you, some proper horses, because I don't think the Phantom Steeds have much capacity. Like, they yeah. can only carry the things they've been enchanted to carry. Yeah, but me um, and Michaela and me and Corwin both go out with real horses. Yeah, you could um, pull it back between your horses and another person. Yeah. And just tow it. But I think the, um, the, the, the... I was planning to take Corwin out anyway, and the boating plan seems like a good one. Yep. So, um, yeah, my plan is actually to go... I think to go by boat there and back, because then we don't have horses to worry about. Yep. Yeah, I mean, leaving your horses parked outside something for a while is fine, but at this stage you're talking about leaving them for several days. And there's quite a bit of um, southern area that we haven't explored, including the bottom bit of that lake, Mm -hmm. so Corwin and I can do a bit of water exploring. That sounds up his alley. So, where's my kingdom ship? Corwin also gets an extra first level spell, of which he is taking um, protection from evil as his default. So, um, what's the best route river crossing wise into Drelev's land because I've got a river that flows almost up to it um, up to um, past the Keeper Flowers but um, it looks like on this map it looks like it peters out about there uh, ah right I see ok I have an answer for you yep uh, there is not actually a direct route from Drelev to Lakeview via boat right um, there are two options you could pull it across land for a little bit by the Keep of Flowers. Yeah. Um, or you could actually duck down through um, through Livon's rivers and across Pytaxes and that sort of thing. Ah, uh, right, yes, I see. Which you are perfectly welcome to travel. Uh, that's very nice, but I think that's a bit of the long way around. Like, well, there, there are, you know, your kingdom's boats are going through there anyway, as long yeah. as you're not in a state of war with them. Erevetti um, is not going to blink at you um, boating through his kingdom. Because we can, of course, um, what we can actually do, given it's on our land, is we'll take ho- ride horses down to um, a good place to uh, 
down to the vicinity of um, the Keep of Flowers yep. and then just set the horses back because yep. that's shorter than boating all the way around yep. the local rivers. And then we'll just walk a little way on our stubby human and dwarven legs until we hit the edge of the um, edge of the water on Dreleve's land and start floating around. Yep, you can do that. So, um, what's a good? Um, so, it, what I'm looking for is is eight a good place to start? Will we be, um, or do I just need to poke in and see where the water is? Uh, well, you know that's the closest place from your point of view. Yeah. What's in the green belt? Row eight yeah. is the furthest the river goes um, west. Yeah. You don't know where it, where it joins up on Dreyliff's side. Okay. All right. Um, all right. In that. Um, so you'd have to go find that out. But, yeah. Um, but I think we'll give that a shot, given that the, there's such a big river on the other side. Yep. Uh, we probably, I probably won't explore hexes that don't have river, given that we're not taking the horses. We'll just sort of hike through them looking for water. Yep. So, um, exploring, G- determining terrain in G8. Okay, so... G8 is forest. Cool. The forest, um... The Nile Marches Forest continues on into that. And are you exploring it or just walking through it? Just walking through it. Okay. Give me a moment to um, actually activate my brain here. wander through um, what is relatively nice dense forest but because the border division is a completely arbitrary political um, divider rather than a physical one it's more or less exactly like the forest and the Nile marches you already know and love yeah Um, and there's no rivers or lakes in that hex there is not a river passing Uh, that's the thing there's not there's not a river there's not a mappable river um no, the thing is, you're going to have to explore it if you want to find a river. Because oh, unless, it's, unless it's the river is going at exactly the middle of the hex from point A to point B where you're walking, you are not going to find it unless you go exploring around in there. Right, okay. Um, Alright, that being the case... So, I mean, one, one suggestion mm-hmm. is that you could take horses in... Um, like, take a couple of generic minions down with you to the Keep of Flowers. Yeah. Um, take horses in, go explore two or three hexes around there by horse, and, and then, then ride them right back, back, dump and them, and walk back. That know. is a brilliant... It'll take you extra days, but... It's a brilliant... But not many of them. No, that's a brilliant notion. Okay, so yes, I am therefore exploring G8. At which point you find it is full of forest. Yep. Uh, there is no... There are no rivers passing through here of any substantive note. That's fine. And it's, um... Two days or three days, I think, to explore... Two days or three to explore a forested hex. Uh, three, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Okay, so we explore G8. Yep. And then we'll, um... Uh, And it flows into... It goes into forest on every direction. Yep. And we will head into, um... 
uh, F8. F8. Okay, so this is also forest. Yep. Uh, and there are things in here. Things might not even want to eat you, but they probably do. What with how it's a D and D game and all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you ride on through this and start exploring around in it. Um, the first day passes with no point asking you for that. You can't possibly make it. The first day passes without event. Yeah. Um, the next day, uh, can you and Corwin both make me fortitude saves? Huh. Okay. Twenty-three. Okay. Uh, followed by a search or a survival check. survival check. Okay. Uh, hey, hey, Corwin's going to actually pass a check and see things. Um, so you spend the night watching and resting. Yeah. Uh, you get up the next morning, you eat what I assume are probably your trail rations. Well, we, um, yeah, Caelan Kay- does, goes in for basic cooking supplies, so he's got, like, the ingredient, very basic stew ingredients and porridge ingredients style of things, so we have some porridge for breakfast style of things. Oh, yeah, so you've got, like, oatmeal-y things. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's got, it's very, very basic field cooking. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, you eat, you eat your meal, and your stomach starts to rumble a little, and you feel a little bit off. This has no compelling effect on either you or Corwin. You just feel a little ill. And Corwin says, Ugh. I mean, your cooking's never been anything much to write home about, lad, but uh, that was worse than usual, I've got to say. What, your mind on your girl or something? Or did you drop the porridge in the bloody mud? I don't know. It, it, it did taste a little... I can't imagine it's gotten contaminated or something, but I guess I'd better check through the packs and um, check yeah. out foods all right. And Corwin will go over and start looking through it with you. Yeah, well, um, you... don't you um, clerics have some kind of spell for that sort of thing? Detect poison? Oh, hey, yeah, I suppose I do. Uh, it's not the kind of thing I routinely prepare, though. Oh, well, purify food and drink. Ah, uh, yes. But I think I might need to tomorrow. I mean, have a look at this, lad, and he picks up the packet of porridge and shakes it around a bit. You see that? I mean... Those little green flecks in there, that doesn't look like anything healthy. And come on, they weren't there yesterday. Nay, somebody's been in our stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, Somebody... sort of, he sort of sniffs at it slightly, puts a little piece on his tongue, and that's... I don't know quite what it is, but it's some sort of herb or plant or something like that, but I don't reckon it's good for... I don't reckon it's good for humanoid consumption. How the bloody hell were they getting in after getting in into our packs, though? Uh, Corwin shrugs. I don't see no tracks or nothing. I don't know. Must be being followed by something small and sneaky. And that is what, um... Yeah. Alright, um... 
Oh well, if you can um, if you can make the grub okay, then saves wasting the food. Aye, I can I can do that tomorrow, but uh, I suppose we'll have to have to be a bit careful about what we eat till then. Aye, maybe pick him as we go. Yeah, get we can gather some supplies and um, maybe catch something for tonight's dinner, and um, best keep maybe put the um, the bags and uh, put the bags somewhere. Whoever's keeping watch can keep an eye on them in case anyone wants to play play any more little games. Aye, sounds like a plan. Okay. The next day, and over that day, you continue to explore? Yep. Um, You find... And and the next day, because it's a forest, so another three days pass. Yes, but we're actually doing it day by day at this point. Yeah, okay, so, yes, the second day of forest exploration passes. Um, When you are hunting, um, you see some deer in the woods, and go after them with your bow um, and you've just got one, you know, you see it eating through the trees, you line up the shot and then you hear this enormous <laughs> horrible monster noise right behind you and you immediately swing round to shoot at it with your bow uh, the deer runs away of course, uh, and you get a will save uh, 18 there is no source for the noise, and you're pretty sure it's an it's an illusionary sound. Yeah, that somebody's just created at the exact moment you were about to. Um... Yeah. All right, and then Kalen will look round at the forest thoughtfully, and then um, say and Sylvan, "All right, I may not be able to see you, but I know you're out there playing silly buggers. You could just come out and talk to me if you feel inclined." There is no response to this. That's fine. Caelan will move on with his life. And, um, however, he will tell Corwin that night, I didn't see anything, but something spooked the, the deer when I was hunting with, with one of their illusion spells. I think it's a little fay that we're looking for. In which case, we probably can't spot it unless it wants to be seen. Aye. Well, I guess there's nothing we can do about it, then. Well... well little bastards. Well, threatening them didn't work out so well the last time. Uh, you know that one of the spells Torwin does prepare, he won't tell you this because he's actually savvy enough to not do it while they're presumably listening. Yeah. One of the spells he does prepare right, daily is Invisibility Purge. Oh, very nice. So if you can assure him that they're close to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Alright. And you explore, uh, you find more forests. And you will find that there are several rivers of varying sizes, um, including one you could actually sail through that goes about partway through this hex. Okay, can you give me where it, where it starts and, or where it flows uh, into From a... midpoint west to about halfway through the hex. Right, okay. Um, so it just sort of starts midpoint west and then flows... It comes from the western hex. Right, yes, I see. Cool, so... Where it presumably connects up to... The hook tongue slough. Sweet. And flows into... Flows about midway through the hex and then stops. Ah, right, yep. Okay, sweet. So we can um, sail out of it. So, there. as I say, a partial river here. Yep. Cool. Alrighty. So we will definitely be interested in that, but we'll finish exploring this forest first. Okay. And when you go to sleep that night, uh, can you... You are horned, you are high or low. Hi. Uh, spot check, please, from you. You are on watch when a thing happens. Yeah. 
giving me tremendous flashbacks this whole business. Uh, seven. Okay, there is a weird smell in the air as you're on watch, and you can't quite make sense of what it is. Um, and then, as you look around, uh, you will see things stirring towards the edge of your camp, and there are huge black things about the size of your forearm squelching their way in towards your camp. The smell is coming from somewhere around here, and it seems to be drawing them in in some way. Uh, you have been attacked by giant leeches. Okay. I will wake Kilt Corwin up and we'll kill the giant leeches. Two of you start obliterating the giant leeches. Uh, yeah. We can play this out if you desperately desire. No, that's they okay. Not, they are not um, terribly threatening. Yeah. Uh, then you two can make another spot check. Um, I will... Um, Ask, whisper to Corwin's ear to try the invisibility perch thing in our vicinity, just to um and given that I suspect, given that I suspect the smell is 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 that what you're leading off with while you're fighting the leeches, or are you fighting leeches first? Fighting leeches first. Okay, you start killing your way into leeches. Yeah, and make a spot check. Yep. Uh, so that is, you know, spot isn't exactly Caleb's best area. That's a seven. Also, if I can roll above five. Cool, and turns around. Right, you little bastards! I'll have you! Uh, Where you can see that the edge of Corwin's tent is on fire. Right. You've, like, he's come out of it to go fight the leeches. Yeah. And something has set his tent on fire. Yeah. Um, And Corwin starts running over there and then casts Invisibility Purge. Yeah. Uh, at which point... Caelan will um, run over as well. Uh, several creatures appear out of thin air. Um, they are small flying things. You would assume they're fae of some kind, given what you know. Um, they look like vaguely like human beings, but with big, long-pointed elven ears, freakishly large. Yeah. Um, relative to their little heads. Yeah. Little dilaphanous wings. Um... And they all have little tiny wee short bows, and they all have filed sharp teeth. And they look around the unit, and at first glance they kind of look like fairies, you know, fairly nice looking friendly things. And then when they appear, they all look at you and flash you the vicious teeth. Um, and at you. And then. They can see us, you hear in Sylvan. Manies. Get them! Get them! <laughs> we will prove our worth. <laughs> the lady will acknowledge us. <laughs> and they start shooting short bows at you. Okay. So you are going straight into initiative here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, at the point where they actively attack me, I'm prepared to fight them. Uh... Corwin, a Kaelin, and some evil play. Yep. Let's watch you. I failed to realise that the Iocane powder is lethal poison. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well that would have provided a different consistent uh, per- perception on it, but the thing is, you know, it's kind of hard to tell the, um, 
lethal pranks from the non-lethal pranks if the lethal pranks don't work. Mm -hmm. Kaelin gets a one on his initiative because he's dawdling around um, trying not to fight them until they actively start shooting him. Uh, I don't have a thing for these. I will probably have a look again because they're supposed to be in the monster manual. Uh, they one of those um, ones that's under a different entry. Yeah. With a, as a side race thing. Uh, they're under sprites. Ah. Because they are a type of sprite as yeah. opposed to a um, specific doodad. Uh, so, as I say, uh, they begin fucking short bows at you. Yep. And Rolling for initiative, Corwin yep. and Faye. Uh, Corwin on five. The. Pixie's on 19. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Faye, Corwin, Caleb. Yep. With a, a, a suitable gap. So. Representing their massive, um, and they get the surprise round because, you know, I certainly uh, wasn't. No, that's not true. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Um, you are expecting something is there. Yeah. Because what ha- what you what you were spotting was whether you spot your tent is on fire before yeah. or after it burns down, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Corwin realizes something is there. He runs over towards it and shouts, "Oi, you! I'll have you!" Yeah. Um, then casts invisibility purge at the point where he's shouting and waving his arms and going, "There's a thing over here." Caleb yeah. becomes aware there is a thing over there. Yeah. Um, and I can map this if you like or not, as you prefer. Um, how many of them are there? There are five of them. And... One giant leech that you are still engaged with. Okay, sweet ass. Hmm? Yeah, at the point where we're... I'm perfectly prepared to say the giant leeches are an actual threat at the point where yeah. we're um, fighting them alongside yeah, a higher they, CR they are a moderate CR thing, so yeah. they would... They would fight you, just not in a terribly challenging way. Yeah. So, I'm going to call out that the giant leech is still back there a ways, because the giant leech has to actually move up and engage us, because we already ran away from them to go find the tent, deal with the tent situation. No, so, no, no. I, I think you misunderstand what's happening here. Okay. So, we'll back up a couple of rounds. Right. Kaelin is fighting... A, Kaelin and Corwin are fighting a bunch of giant leeches in melee. Yeah. Uh, Corwin is unarmored, incidentally, because he's had to get up in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, yeah, but I'm wearing my leather... Oh, because I was on watch. watch. Sweet, so I was wearing my plate. Yep. Um, a bunch of giant leeches have come out of the woods, and I'll just tell you what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, drawn by the prestigitated scent of blood, yeah. which Kaelin didn't pick up on. So they've herded them here to attack yeah. you, essentially. Uh, you and Corwin are engaging them quite successfully because they're not a big threat to you. When Corwin realises that while you're fighting them, the tent's been set on fire, he runs back that way and casts Invisibility Purge while you fight another leech. Right. Then we cut in on round one. You're still over here fighting a leech. Corwin is 30 feet, 20 feet behind you that way by the tent, casting Invisibility Purge. And you can see near him by the tent, there are five of these little pixie creatures flying in the air. 
Okay, seeing that they're engaging Cor- Corwin and judging them the greater threat, yep. I'm going to leave my leech and run over to help Corwin. That's fine, but you still have to wait till it's your round in initiative. Yep, sweet ass. They are not getting a surprise round because you know something, you suspect something is there. You have good reason to assume you are being okay, attacked. Okay, now, now that I've got the context, I don't think we need a, um, I don't think we need, um, a map. Yep. And, and it is the phase turn. They will all open fire on, um, on Corwin with their various short bows and things. Yep. Uh, so his AC drops by nine points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit, miss, hit, and hit. And a bunch of tiny but very well-made arrows strike into him. And he wishes he was Michaela, who has her um, magic full plate of invulnerability. Yeah, well, I think Michaela's got some DR now as well. Yeah, DR5 versus non-magical, versus anything that isn't a magical weapon. Yeah, all of these might be magical weapons. Uh, and can I have a piece of... Um, Scrap paper. Scrap paper. Yes, I could use one as well. Uh, Corwin takes ten points of damage as a bunch of little but effectively aimed arrows riddle into him. Yep. And he... Ugh. And then it is Corwin. Sorry, or the Pixies is finishing their action. No, no, they um, have bows out there flying around. They shoot repeatedly at Corwin. Oh, what we what we also need is a leech then. Uh, yes, that would be good. I'll put a leech on here. You can... Dead last. <laughs> yep, so the leech is after me, even though I roll the one. Yep, well, it has negative... Um, ah, yes. It has, ne- it has negative... Um, Initiative. Yep. So I'm guessing you haven't done worse than zero. No. Alright. So then it is Corwin who desperately wishes that he was Michaela and could cast um, mass inflict light wounds. Yeah, yeah, I can see why. That's all the little bastards. Alright. Um, are you endeavouring to issue Corwin with any instructions of play nice or anything in that neighbourhood? No, at the point that they've shot at us, I think um, I'm, I'm prepared to shoot back. Yeah. All right, then, you little bastards. You think it's funny to poison us and send send bloody leeches and everything else after us? No. Oh, he actually successfully makes it. Now, I think I have me a pretty good idea of who your lady is and who would find this sort of thing amusing. Now, let me show you what we think of Gairon. Ah, yep. Slay lifting at one of them. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's quite the, that's quite the starting out spell. Uh, Corwin endeavours to touch it. Uh, and what is his touch attack here? Seven. Ten. He will just catch one with his hand. Sweet. As it desperately endeavours to flail away. Yeah. At uh, which point I suspect it implodes massively. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking slay living. I mean, I don't know what the stats on these things are, but one thing I'll guarantee is they've not got startling hit point totals. That doesn't generally go along with being six inches tall. All right, uh, it makes a fortitude save versus death. Yeah, thoughts it's good save. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes it. Right, if it makes it, I suspect it dies anyway. Doesn't slay living do a shitload of damage if you make the save? Uh, 
3d6 plus 1 point per caster level, uh, yeah. so 3d6 plus 11. So Alright, so it might it's not die. It's decent damage, it but it, it's not. Um, it might not die if it makes the save. It's not mega death. Right. And it will actually take this. It freezes up from when its wings stop fluttering, and then it flutters off, apparently. Um, it, it, uh, it, sorry, it's not largely unharmed by this, it will take the damage as well. But it makes it save and does not die. Ah, oh, well, that's well done. Uh, he deals at 23 points of damage. Yep. And it shudders, twitches, as something runs over it. There's no real visible effect to this. Corwin just touches it, and it seems to go cold and pale for a moment. And then it shakes this off. Can't hurt me! <laughs> No, my apologies, it won't even do that much. Uh, he touches it, and nothing happens. Oh, it's got spell resistance. <laughs> Can't hurt me! <laughs> nice. Alright. Bloody hell. Alright, over to you. Alright, um, Kaelin will um, leave his leech fight. Yep, and will provoke from a leech. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I, I recognize that, but nonetheless... <laughs> Uh, a leech attacks you for 16. That um, is not within 10 points of what it needed. Okay, so it jumps onto your leg, basically, wraps yep. around it, bites into the steel, and of course gets no, nothing to grip, so you just kick it off as you yep. go. It drops behind you. Um, so how far have I got to run to get up to Corwin in the Fae? 20 feet. Sweet, so I run 20 feet. Yep. Um, quick draw my enormous flail. Yep. And um, endeavour to hit one of the little bastards with my enormous flail. Yep. Just one, because I'm moving. I'm, I'm not going to power attack as well, though, at least until I find out if I can actually hit them. Oh, they're resistant to me spells. Give them a crack with it. Give them a crack with a bit of cold iron, I think. Alright, and um, I net 20. Yep. Are they critical? Oh, God, yes. No, they would be anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that is a uh, 24. It is fast and quick, but nonetheless, you swap the thing out of the air. Oh, okay, I crit it. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, it's damage reduction cold iron will prevent this from getting too bad. Yeah, because is that something the Fae have a lot of, is damage reduction cold iron? Okay, so it's just a t- 19 straight forward. Yeah. Uh, times 2 crit. So that's um, 13 points of damage. Uh, times 2 is 26. 26. And this is, um, it is a cold iron weapon you're using? Uh, hang on. No, no, it's, no, the, the, no, it's the one, no, it isn't, my apologies. It's the one I got from the, um, it's the one I got from the, fa- from the centaurs. Right. Which I believe is not a cold iron flail. It's, I don't believe so either. It, no, it, my apologies, it's a, um, it's a magical I'm, beast bane flail. I'm perfectly happy if you want to switch to your cold iron weapon. Uh, I don't currently. Yeah, no, I don't currently have a cold iron weapon because I switched flails with yep. their centaurs. What I have now is a magical beast bane weapon. Yep, these are obviously not magical beasts. Yeah, um, let me just actually let me just check what I've got in my pants because I could always get. I might not be able to hit with it this turn, but if I'm still carrying one round, I can get it out. Sorry, it's just um, been a while since I've fought the fade. Obviously. Less than 100% prepared state for. 
Yes, I have a masterwork cold iron flail in my bag. I am perfectly happy if you want to have used that. Yeah. The fey cold iron thing is common knowledge to Caelan. Yeah. Okay, then I have critted them with a regular sized flail. Yep. Um, what's the damage on a normal flail? Is it a, um, a, not a, not a two handed one, a one handed one? Uh, hell, if I know. Um. Sorry, it's it's not one of. My I know you're used to me knowing everything. Yeah, it's the um. I'm just accustomed to you knowing all the basic weapon damage. Uh, what are you using? Just a, a uh, one one handed fl- one hand- regulation brand one hand flail, flail which aren't two handing, but it's not. It's a, a D8. Okay, so I will re-roll that damage for the appropriate weapon. Okay, and roll low. All right, but I still critted, so that is um. 18 points of damage, so considerably less damage, but yep. it is cold iron. Uh, it does not fall out of the air. You do, however, smash it with this, and it looks a little confused and walks down. Ow! That hurt! Aye, well, I'm not best pleased with my Garona myself these days. Can't say I was ever precisely a fan. Yep, sort of expecting it to just bounce off. Ah, uh, yep. Alright, and um, it is Team Leech. Yes, it is. Left behind. It double moves into the melee. Sweet. Hmm? And it is Team Evil Fae. Yep, Team Evil Fae. Come on. Awesome shit. Uh, the... <laughs> you were supposed to eat the poison and get sick and then die. But slowly, in pain... We were going to put the leeches on you while you lay helpless. You're no fun at all. You need to amuse us. Dance, Oki boy, dance! <laughs> Can you make me a will save? <laughs> Do you feel a compulsion to dance, Kyle Ross? You. Uh, that's an eighteen. Uh, you are. Are you funky? Is there a? Of course, there's no. Actual save listed on the thing. That would be too easy. Then the GM would be able to tell you. Uh, You are dancing. Oh, that's not cool. do have a big pile of fresh hero points however yep. and I am out with Corwin yep if you want one of Corwin's hero points you can feel free to get the um, pile out wherever they have land here now feel free to give them a, a shuffle I'll just put these ones yeah, aside it's fine Feel free to put them anywhere. Mm-hmm. And as it does this, they all endeavour to disappear, and they flicker for just an instant and vanish, and then immediately reappear again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Visibility purge overrides the capacity to be invisible. Sweet. Six and seven for Corwin. Eight. Eight for Corwin. And two, three, four, five for Kayla. Yep. 
Elwood is more than happy to spend his things on you. Yep, and um, I would like to make that save. Of your life. Or at least take one more try at it. I won't use more than a single hero point on it. And I still fail. Dance! Monkey dance! Alright, and kill and dances. Uh, it is impossible for you to do anything other than caper and prance in place. Oh, okay. Uh, you have a minus 4 AC, minus 10 reflex saves. Uh, you lose any AC bonus granted by a shield, which you do actually have. Ah, uh, yes. You can't use shield of blades while you are dancing. So that's an effective minus 6 to yep. my AC. And, and you provoke minus... every round that you dance. Oh, dear. <laughs> Alright, that sounds obnoxious. Uh, they're all using um, longbows, short longbows, so that's not going to be a major. Yeah. Uh, Alright, having seen that, yeah. uh, the other four of them will put the bow in one hand, draw out short swords with the other, and fly in around you. Yeah. And start trying to poke you with their tiny short swords. Yeah. Uh, what is your AC at this point? Uh, 20. Uh, no. Uh, no. No. Crit threat, no confirmation. So they move into position around you, and one of them stabs you. Yep. With a tiny short sword for one point of damage. Yep. <laughs> that just leaves me with 104 hit points left. Yeah, well. Uh, enough of this. Let's see. Let's see what happens when you put your lady's grace up against mine. For Asma, his eyes darken, this one's time is up. And he will give it a death touch when the cast irresistible dance on you. Sweet. He is counting on it not having a big pile of hit points, which seems a reasonable assumption. Mm-hmm. He's still got to touch it first, uh, which he will just manage to do so again. He's only just hitting these. And then it is going to fucking explode. Uh, it has 11d6 versus its total hit points. Yep, and 8 of the 11 is enough to do that. He puts a hand on it, and it... <laughs> I'm a fae! I'm resistant to your pitiful spells, you can't... It slumps and drops dead out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Death Touch is not a spell-like ability. Oh, sweet! Spell resistance does not apply to it. It is a supernatural ability. Can, how many times can Corwin do it a day? That was it. Yeah, but still. But he's he's picking the one that cast Irresistible Dance because he's assuming that the others can't or maybe they'll run away. Yeah. It's, Corwin's just guessing blindly. Yeah, but that's all right. That's for... And um... he touches one and it dies. Yeah. Just like that. Sweet. And over to you. Dance, Mikey, dance. Yep, so I... dance. Yeah, that's what I thought. You provoke attacks of opportunity from the four pixies around you. And the leech. Yes. Uh, No, no. However, the pixies are all circling you going... (laughs) And pointing and laughing rather than focusing on their stabbing. Yeah. Because the highest roll of 4d20 is a 3. Yeah. And the leech... Endeavors to eat your ankle and you stand on it by mistake while you're dancing. <laughs> yep. It fumbles as well. <laughs> That's very thoughtful of them all. Alright, I'm pretty much solely reliant on Corwin to win this fight for me, but he is, um, one, but we are one pixie now. Besides, presumably this will wear off at some point. <laughs> Alright. Uh, 
Mm. He could just have called the area I'm standing in. Yep. Yep, yep, he could. (laughs) (laughs) He's thinking about it. It wouldn't bother me. Alright, the leech is up. Uh, that is a 20. The leech is actually going to hit you. Yep, it equals my AC. It hits me. Okay, uh, can you give me an opposed grapple check? Uh, can I? No, you can't. You were dancing. You yep. are capable of taking any actions that aren't dancing. Yep. So, the leech climbs up your arm and latches on. And yep. And can you lose... Oh, sorry. Wrong dice. Uh, can you lose six hit points to this? Well, that could be worse. I thought it might be con damage. Got a lot more hit points than I do con damage. Uh, it's it's just blood on round one. Right, right. yep, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're back round to the... Evil Fay. You get another opportunity to stab me with their tiny swords. They look at Cord for a <laughs> Look like they sort of want to float over and, and get the guy that's killing them. Yeah. And then... Yeah. No, too funny! <laughs> Stabs nice. you again. Yeah. Oh, come on, wake up, boys. Uh, first one misses. Second and third one actually hits. And the fourth one. Right. Finally, they start stabsing you. Yep. And can you take 12 points of damage total? Yep. 86. Corwin says, alright. Well... If you want it, hey, Corwin looks over to you. Alright, Kaelin. Alright, lad. You want me to get rid of him? Hell yes. Brace yourself. This is probably going to hurt. <laughs> okay. Uh. He says, Lady, Lady of Graves, Lady of Water, for Asmund of the Endless River. Queen of the water, queen of the frozen ice that make up the lakes around me home, give me your cold heart and show them what it is, what, what dwarven water feels like deep beneath the earth and throws a hand out and he will kind of cold everything. Sweet. Uh, can you give me a reflex save at minus ten for your irresistible dancing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I crit, I crit fumbled, but you know, let's face it, this wasn't going to be a success yeah, so for it. Mega fucked instead of regular fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I've got. I've run, it was going to be a negative one. It was a negative one anyway. Uh, one of them saves. Uh, the other three do not. And the leech is grappling. I'm pointing out. Yeah. And yet somehow still saving. Wow. <laughs> leech magic. Instinctive. Instinctive. On the other hand, the leech cannot have that many hit points. just considerably lower. Yeah. And then they all take 11d6. In some cases, hard. Yep. So everybody takes 30 points of damage. Yep. Cold damage, but makes any difference to you. It does not. Uh, can you... Uh, no. Can you give me a luck check? 18. Okay, the one pixie that made it save is the one that you'd previously hit with the flail. Sweet. So Corwin throws his hand out, and this blast of extreme cold just bursts out. 
it's not a thing that he is throwing per se, it's just everything in that area goes shunk, snap frozen, and Caelan goes ah ah as cold burns over your skin and metal. The leech curls up and falls off you. And, yeah. And four little cold icicles go dink 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 dink. Yeah. Everything's dead. Sweet. Um do I stop dancing? Uh no. No. Okay. <laughs> Says no, lad. That'll look put pay to them. You, you ow, can st- ow, 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 ow. You can you can stop with the fancy feet now. Would that I could. All right then. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, I I guess I can I can try and get rid of it for you tomorrow. <laughs> I figure it'll wear off on its own. And indeed, after another couple of rounds, it yeah. does. <laughs> Kaelin will go around and kick every one of the tiny... In fact, tread on every one of the tiny little frozen corpses. Wow, evil pixies, man. <laughs> okay, what's the our encounter was that? Because I'm prepared to be embarrassed. Uh, they are a... That is a CR8 encounter. Okay, I'm embarrassed. That's only slightly below you, a, a little below your level. Yeah, yeah, but we level eleven. It's four. It's four below our level. Three below your level. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm? And um, the thing is, they are not terribly dangerous except when they are. Yeah. Like the damage was not significant, but they have awesome spell-like abilities. Well, I will acknowledge that the reality is that um, Kaelin's on fifty-six hit points, and I think Corwin's totally uninjured. Corwin is uh, is likely he's taken ten hit points of damage. Yeah, from a, they, they weren't actually particularly close to killing us. It's just embarrassing. But no, evil pixies are dangerous. Alright. Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, uh, sorry about that, lad. No, um, no, it was it was the right move. That bloody leech was going to um, start in good and proper. And um, I was tiring of being stabbed by the little tiny swords as well. But um, if you can trouble you for a healing spell, I'd um, be grateful. I, I can do that. Uh, in fact, you might as well have your hit points back, because that's the thing that's in the area. Yeah, sweet. That's the first time... First time I've ever tapped tap one of those little buggies and seen it just something like that and just seen it bounce off without effect. I I um, haven't run into a lot of creatures that are resistant to magic, but I understand that um, it's a nasty thing. Yeah, pain I, in the ass, but that's what nettle spikes for. Aye, those um those little will of the wisp buggers were, but the, see, there's a bigger problem that they're resistant to being damn hit by anything. Yeah, less of a problem now. Yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> it's the the what it is is they've got like an AC of twenty six or something. Yeah, which was completely undoable for you, and now yep. should be reasonably comfortable. Well, then I need to roll a ten or better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good odds. Unless I'm using Gatekeeper, then it's a nine or better. Yep, poor little wisps. <laughs> yeah, well, I notice we're not getting jumped by so many of them these days. All right, and um, we spend another day exploring the re- area, refreshingly unbothered yep. by poison and such like. Yep. All right, and that was seven, three. But I'll cross off another two because we should have one or two for coming down into the area. There yeah. we are. Uh, that hex is explored. You will find some weird shit in this hex. Um, it is the middle of winter, and what you will find is uh, you come across what looks like a sort of bear cave. You look into it to check it's not full of giant owl bears or whatever. 
and it's full of a, a, it's full of a bunch of dead um, bears. There's a young mother in there, a young father, and a couple of cubs, and they all look like they've all frozen to death in the winter. And it, it, they have all been shaven, like all their bear fur that's supposed to protect them from winter has been shaven off. You. By you know some malicious, vindictive little bastards. That's horrible. Yes, they're they're evil, Faye. Yeah, you know I get that. The worshiping guy Rona thing took 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 care of any little qualms I might have had about killing Faye. And in all fairness, it was only because the pranks reminded me of Paul Avers that I was seeing to be little about in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, and yeah, well, blink at killing things like quicklings and the like. It's you know they're. They're, they're lethal pranks right from the get-go. It's yeah, just yeah. you're too hardcore to notice. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it, it's just, you know, Calum doesn't really pay attention when people are poisoning him unless they get Plus, the good stuff. Fucking invisibility purge takes care of their main defense ability. Yeah, yeah, well, the um, good old Corwin. I will, um, will in fact clap him on the back and tell him he did great. That, yeah, um, spotting, with the little fey bastard, spotting them is always the challenge. And it's a bloody impressive new spell you've got. Oh, oh, um, and it, it, it's um, it may have hurt a lot, but I'd rather that than um, continuing to be stabbed by little beasties. Oh, yeah, I can only do that one once a day. <laughs> I can believe it, but um, it's nice to have something we can use on a um, a group of foes. It isn't that. It's lovely to have. It reminds me of home. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of my first home. Uh, oh well, we've um, found ourselves a nice river. Let's get in the boat. As you wish. In the boat we get. Yep, so we will sail into um, E9. Yep. And at this point we are following the river, not exploring the hex. Yep, and again, I can draw these rivers on here if you like, but... Um, Given that we can have a big boat, um, yeah, no, and, and at this point we will take a day and drop the horses off. Yep. Now that we have found a yep. water Go source. back, drop the horses off and come back. Yep. Um, so, um, if you give me a pointer to where the river flows through this hex, I'm happy to draw it in. If it's particularly complicated, you can draw it for me, but... Uh, they're all going to be very complicated, because they all go in multiple different directions at once. Okay, then yes, if you could draw um, And this is going to go on for several hexes worth of stuff. Yep. Or you can just have a link to river there. But, no? I'm happy for you to draw the rivers in this hex. Goes in three different directions. Awesome. Okay, um, so um, what's the terrain that swamp. we s- swamp? Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, you can tres- you you can traverse it fairly quickly and easily though, because as long as you're going by river and not trying to explore the rest of the swamp, the terrain doesn't slow you down. Yeah, I just figured it'd be nice to know because yeah. you know we can at least see what's out the river. Alright, and um, we want to go um, north-east into um, F7. Yep, that's me and that. Do more rivers. Yeah, but the thing is, um, you need to know where I'm going in order to do all the rivers. I can't believe Tristan can make a cottage. That's so great. (laughs) 
It's kind of nifty. Now I know it's kind of an intrinsic fey ability. Fey like comfort. Mm. More river. Okay, and is this swamp also? It is swamp also. Cool. Alright, and um, we will sail up into um, F6. One moment, Paula. As you come through here, um, on the river you will actually find a thing. And uh, can you give me search and search and survival checks to give you an indication of what you're looking at? Uh, that's an 11. Well, I've got to say, this wisdom starting to pay off, really. That's another survival check what I'll make. Oh, good stuff, good one. Um, you see, as you go past in the river, what is clearly an unnatural and um, deliberately built mound of fallen trees and logs in sort of a line here, uh, building up into a big mound along the side of the river, and what appears to be a sign on it that is unreadable from the actual river. Cool. So we'll go over and land and hop out and take a look of it. Yeah. So um, where are we in um, F7? Uh, that is just before the river forks um, to the northwest. Okay. Uh, yep. Okay, mound. Um, Corwin looks like it. Ugh. Well, that looks as you start sailing over. As you start sailing over, well, uh, that looks to me like a lot of graves dug in a swamp. Oh dear. Oh, uh, by somebody who by, by somebody who cared. I mean, they're, they're marked. Oh well, would like to take hop out and take a look, see what's happening. Yeah, okay. uh, you climb out, um, and it reads in Teldane, the swamp scar. Ah. Um, there is a date that is now about maybe three and a half to four years ago. Um, uh, here lie here lie the body of many brave warriors. Here lie the bodies of many brave warriors of Fort Drelive on this date X years ago. A great battle was fought here against the, against the Naga of the swamp, and there is a picture drawn there of what looks like a snake with a human face on it. Um, and then underneath it reads, "King Hannes Drelive heroically slew the beast in single combat." Mm-hmm. Sure he did, and that's why there's a whole bunch of dead soldiers. I bet King Hannah Australia wasn't even freaking there. Yeah, so excuse for it, a king. It says that many soldiers gave their lives, um, were killed by this thing, which is probably true. Mm. Um, then they killed it. Yeah. Um, th- but Hannah Australia apparently killed it in single combat. Uh-huh. Apparently. Mm. So the... the the facts don't automatically rule that out. There could be a bunch of bodies that had lured out here. Mm. Um, and indeed, it actually calls out, you know, the foul fiend was gathering, you know, was gathering and enchanting creatures to itself. Mm. Monsters of Fey, beware. Fort Drelev will, Fort Drelev will protect its citizens. Mm. Sure it will, if it's convenient. 
And that is what is obviously here. Um, there is a fairly nice cave area that was obviously occupied at some point, presumably by this naga, and yeah. no longer is. Any valuables have been stripped out of it. And certainly with Corwin here, you're not about to dig up the corpses to see if the soldiers have goods on them. No, no, and I wouldn't anyway. I mean, yeah, you could safely rely on Draylee having looted his own people first. <laughs> well, also, I just wouldn't. I mean, they're soldiers. And that's what you see. Alright, and um, so we find the swamp scar. We don't explore the hex, so we don't know that that's the only thing in it. Correct. Um, and then we sail. Um, I'm crossing off the day through sailing through and into yep. all the rivers and an entire hex. Yep. Um, and then we um, head up, sail up into F6. It looks like there's lake there, so if you could add in rivers and lake. There is lake. Alright, so... This hex is pretty evidently lake for its terrain type. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, connects up to the lakes you've seen, the other bits of the lake you've seen in the yep. surrounding hexes. And that is what you drift out into. You are now in Lake Hooktang proper. Cool. So we will begin by exploring this hex of Lake Hooktang. Yep. Because it's, oh, it's all water. Yep. So Caitlin's going to leave his plate in his bag and just wear leather armour. Yep. Corwin can just wear a plate and swim anyway. And we'll take, I think, probably take turns being on the boat and going swimming in the water, given that Corwin's the swimming type. Yep. And it's nice, you know, probably what he considers sissy, warm warm water at present, isn't yeah. it? It's, it? Is it summer right now? Uh, at the yeah, diet? No, it's, no, it's freezing winter. Oh, it's the opposite, at freezing winter. Oh, well, Corwin's not, probably not opposed to swimming in freezing water. <laughs> uh, he will probably save a water-breathing um, for... Um, when you actually go to find the thing, yeah, yeah. as opposed to when you're just exploring. Um, but he has water breathing in his yes. spell list. Uh, okay, so you go diving around down here. Because you've already found this, uh, you find more evidence that there is a large creature living in here. That um, only comes out once yeah, every so often. Yeah. Uh, and that there are littler predators in here, like this Elasmosaurus you're looking for. Yeah. It comes through this area as well. Yeah. Um, and that's what you find here up until you actually go hunting for the Elasmosaurus itself. Yeah, that's fine. The theory is I want to do some more exploring first because when we get yep. the Elasmosaurus, we're pretty much getting the Elasmosaurus. Yep. That's fine. So I can mark this off as... Um... Explored? Yes, you yep. can. Cool. And then um, we are actually, I think, going to um, sail south as well, um, sorry, sail west as well and have a look at what looks like the rest of the boundary of the lake. Yep. Uh, Although that is actually bringing us quite close to Fort Drelev. Yeah, probably closer than I want to go when it gets right down to it. On the other hand, we're one boat on the yeah, lake, aren't we? It's entirely we? up to you. I mean, you you would certainly presume that Drelev doesn't sink random boats that sail yeah. around in here. No, that's okay. No, we will indeed go and have a look at you know, he, a bit more of Lake Hook. He doubtlessly has water defences of some kind in that... Um, you certainly wouldn't expect him to have a full blown navy or anything. He's probably got yeah. several boats, but most of his water defence would be guards in the in the city to prevent people from landing, as yeah. opposed to anything else. Uh, so, you go up there. I can do all that for you again. Yep. So, 
That's D D six if you'd be so good. Where we're sailing into. This hex is lake. Yep. Uh, Fort Drelev is literally sitting on the edge of the lake. Right. You can yep. see this large city with heavy walls and spires and that poking out over the top. Um, you will actually see a couple of other boats out here. Yeah. Um, nobody seems to find your presence remarkably unusual, is my yep. I presume you're not waving Stagthorn's flag on no. the boat or anything. Well, singing Drelev sucks. <laughs> you can if you so desire. But we're not. Uh, and there is another thing in here on that point of swamp that's sticking out down the bottom. Yeah. Um, you can see what is clearly a wrecked and ruined village. And if you want to get out and go poking around in there, you can. Because it's um, at the bottom of the yeah. area, so it's um, yes, I think so. Like at this point, Drelev's people can no longer see you. They're only going to see you when you get close to Fort Drelev. Yeah. And even then, they're not necessarily going to react untowardly. Yeah. So, but, um, oh, hang on. Um, the exploring a hex of lake. How long are we talking? Because I did one already in the um the next one over. Um, E six. Uh, lake's about the same. Lake is the same as plains. Cool. So two days. All right. So um, yep. So and then another two days. Because it's not like the... it's not like you're diving down, exploring every square meter on the bottom. You no. dive down a bit, you move off a couple of hundred meters. You dive no, down. down a bit, yeah, absolutely. So um, we're exploring the um, yes. So we have explored the lake area, and we're now hopping up to take a look at that swampy area. Yep. And here you will find another one of these um, large, prominently erected signs, and these are well built, designed to last, inscribed in metal, kind of thing. Uh, this one gives a lengthy placard uh, portraying that this was a village of cruel bogards who made continuous war against Fort Drelev until, you know, led by their heroic king. There's no mention of Garnet Bonepicker on here whatsoever, even though you know he was the one that actually did this. Yeah. Um, heroically, you know, slaughtered the innocent bogards and blah, blah, blah. Um, did, you know, bravely defended our home. It goes on extolling at great lengths about the patriotism and might of what happened here. Um, basically, this look, this was the main Bogard village. Right. Um, like, just across the lake from Fort Drelev. Yeah, I can see why that didn't work out well. So they had them. several lengthy problems, and eventually Drelev came out and obliterated the bejesus out of them. Yeah, but not personally. Apparently he did. Uh, that's, that's what this placard said. Now, this one doesn't claim that Hannah Strelev personally killed every bogart in the village. I suppose it, it's possible he was there. It credits Strelev with leading his mighty army to victory. Yeah. And literally, you know, owing to his brilliant tactics, etc., yeah. etc. It doesn't quite call out that his stunning good looks made, you know, made every woman in the kingdom wet kind of thing, but it does suggest it. Yeah. And that is what you find here. Once again, everything... The, the village has been deliberately wrecked by yeah. the invading army. Yeah. And um, just enough of it has been left to show off what they've taken out, basically. Yeah, so there's basically nothing here. Correct. Alright, Bogart village. Ruined. 
about the village. Cool. And then we will sail back north, and um, or indeed sail and begin hunting the Elasmosaurus. Uh, there is something. Well, there is something here technically, yeah, because it's a landmark site because this inspires the people of Fort Drelev. Ah, I don't think it's going to inspire my people in the same way. So Probably not. Um, really? Maybe they just say they're inspired. <laughs> oh, and I think I've drawn that lake wrong. It goes out the southwestern edge. Right. I think I closed it off. Yep. That makes sense. So, just rub off the border and join it up. Join it into the edge. Yeah, and Fort Drelev sits on the edge of what appears to be the lake, from what you can see there. Right, yep. Yeah. So, um, it, do, it look, so it flows into, um, uh, C6, does it flow into um, D, D7? Yes, yes it does. That's yep. the piece that... Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So there is more lake we could explore? Yeah, there is more lake in D7. But, um... Mm, yeah, but I think um, I can probably explore the rest of that with Tristram and his magic flying horses. Yep, that's cool. Alright, and... Um, we are going to begin sailing. The, the only thing is, the magic the magic horses are going to draw a lot more attention than what appears to be a perfectly normal boat. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, actually, I would like to um, I would like to finish mapping the lake, but um, that does involve basically continuing to sail around Fort Drelev, doesn't it? Because Fort Drelev is basically just on the lake. You would have to sail up to it to see. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is, this is far enough. We've, okay. done, we've done a good bit of lake mapping. No problem. Um, so um, what we want to do um, is sail north and begin hunting for an Elasmosaurus. Okay. Um, and now, specifically, now that we know the route that we'll be taking, yeah. I'll talk it over with Corn a bit because um, there's a gap. Like, we can sail the Elas- tow the Elasmosaurus by boats all the way back to the hex with the Ethel Pixies in it, but then we will need to go get the horses and tow it through Jerabeth, past um, the, the Keep of Flowers, onto the next river. So, um, unless we want to um, try and take it down Pytax Woods, which I'm not very keen on. Yeah. So I don't think that's actually a particular problem, because we can... Or the, the you can tow it between the pair of you across that chunk of land, yeah. and then put it back on the boat. Yeah. It's going to be slow going, but the two of you are strong enough to move this thing, if only just. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but because um, you are not talking about uh, you are talking about a couple of hours of doing this, you are not talking about several days because you're not trying to drag it up and down all over the hex and explore every bit of it. You're taking it straight through. from river to river by the straightest. Okay, then, then we will just tow it. So I will warn Corwin about that part. <laughs> I I figured you'd have me out here to haul heavy things. Mm-hmm. I didn't figure that. I, I figured that old Lord Fancy Pants wouldn't really be up to that one. <laughs> well, mainly, if I'm honest, the the boat is damn handy. But mainly, you're out here to see if we can kill this beastie. I suppose I shouldn't call him that anymore. But well, now with this Fay thing, it actually makes a lot more sense why he likes his fancy pants so much. <laughs> ah, bugger. <laughs> I don't think I'm it not bo- a deep well of understanding. <laughs> Done by. I don't think it bothers him any. Okay, so you are hunting for this creature. Yes. Okay, and can you give me a survival check? Hopefully, this we is the one where I roll the one. Yeah. Um, no, I'll make my own. Yeah. That way, at least there's a chance one. Cool. Uh, that is a. Um, Finally rolls well. That's 22. Um, adding Corwin's aid is a 24. Okay. 
So that is not quite enough to find old Hook Tongue himself. Um, but you see basically down at several points of this lake, it goes down into deep chasms of complete blackness and there are things moving down there. You're pretty sure old Hook Tongue is down there somewhere, mm? but you don't necessarily want to go and poke him. Yeah. Um, however, that is more than enough to track down the younger Elasmosaurus that is in here. Yeah. So, um, do I think old Hook Tongue is a much bigger Elasmosaurus? Yes. So big that he goes into hibernation? Yes. Right. Much, much, much bigger. Yeah. So he wouldn't just be bigger than a... He wouldn't just be a full-sized Elasmosaurus. He would be much bigger than a normal... A regular-sized Elasmosaurus is huge. Yeah. The next one up would be Gargantuan. The next one up after that would be Colossal. And I think he's a Colossal? Maybe. Gargantuan or Colossal. You're not wow. Sure. But he's bigger than your regular Elasmosaurus. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about a mythic beast of legend as opposed to a, a generic giant sea monster. <laughs> The thing is, the Elasmosaurus is big enough to be a, a, a Loch Ness monster in its own right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Elasmosaurus is the Loch Ness monster. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you, old Hook Tongue is... Yeah, you would think old Hook Tongue is basically some equivalent of what the Albier was to other Albiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And probably fueled by the same thing. Fate magic. Yeah, it's... The Fae first, magic the first under, world makes through into this area. Under the lake, yeah. There's probably a portal into the first world or a small gap or something. Yeah. Somewhere deep by the, below the lake. And he's, you know, slept by it. Yeah. Maybe it was only a wee portal, but he slept by it for a lot longer. <laughs> okay. You can, however, track and hunt down the younger Elasmosaurus. Cool. At which point uh, you find it. It doesn't have, you know, much of a lair. It pretty much just sleeps on the bottom of the river. So you can confront it at your leisure. You can wait for it to go... You have a good idea where it is. You can wait for it to go to sleep. You can endeavor to sneak up on it. You can just sort of roll up and pitch it. I think um, waiting for it to go to sleep sounds pretty good. Yep. Um, Preparation-wise, Kaelin wants to be in light armor, because he's going to be doing a lot of swimming, um, with the... um, with his lance as his primary weapon because it's piercing for the underwater combat. Yep. He has his ring of freedom of movement, which gives him lake powers. Yep. And for good measure, I think this would be a good time for Corwin to break out that yep, spell. Corwin is pretty much playing on the casting water breathing. Yeah. Corwin is welcome to wear his plate given that he's um, so he good says, right, like, Well, you think it's down there? All right. Well, I'll wait till we'll wait till it's we'll wait till you think it's sleeping. And then I'll cast water breathing on us, so we'll be able to have as much time down there exploring as we want. It's like five hours worth of minimum. Yeah. Alright, we can, um. It'll be, um. It'll be damn handy not to have to worry about it. Alright, then you're stripped down into your lighters, and. You know, I think I'm good in what I've got. I, I know you're a good enough swimmer to manage it, but, uh. I can swim in, in this stuff, but I'd prefer not to if I'm going to be doing anything complicated. Yep. Uh, not only can Corwin swim in full plate, he can do so without rolling. That's pretty impressive. This is this is a pretty flat, dead lake. Yeah. Uh, it is difficulty 10 to swim. Yeah. He can do it on a 1. So Sweet. He has plus 20 to his swim. Yep. And minus 10 for his full plate. Mm-hmm. And given that I know I'm going to be... Um, I'm just going to have a quick look at my feats, given that I know I'm going to be um, fighting the Lasmosaurus, because... Yep. Um, Great cleave, power attack, cleave, and right by attack are probably basically none of them useful. Boat by attack. Alright, well I might as well keep power attack. 
that might actually be useful. Um, and I will take weapon focus um, lance. And I believe I can take weapon specialization lance. Yes, can't you can. I? Yep, and a weapon specialization lance. One more level of fighter, you can take greater weapon focus. And I'll With keep nine more levels of fighter, you can take greater weapon specialization. And I will um, keep cleave arbitrarily. The, uh, yep. So that's a um, plus one with the lance, plus two to damage. Mm-hmm. Oh, just realized my source. You're a bad day. Yeah. Well, I acknowledge this is the spirit of the thing. In reality, we're just going to get down there. Corwin's going to slay living it, and that's going to be the end of that. <laughs> But I like to uh, pretend... Not necessarily, it's port save is probably fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, and the death touch won't work unless... It, that's right, it's not a tiny pixie. Yeah. Yeah, all right, so this might... Yeah, he, was counting, he was counting on the tiny pixies probably have very few hit points relative to their... Uh, to their, 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 their level, To yeah. their CR, whereas the Elasmosaurus is bound to be a bag of hit points. Yeah, yeah. Yep. If Corwin comes back here in about five levels, he'll be able to lug the Elasmosaurus with him with word of recall. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's alright. We're going to we're going to we're Nonetheless going to... he'll still keep it as a spell because if you get whacked by something too dangerous you just abandon the Elasmosaurus and go. Yeah, well the other thing is, you know, if the Elasmosaurus turns out to be too much for us, all we have to do is swim up a bit and hold hands. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's... My money's not on Team Elasmosaurus. No, but the thing is, if Old Hook Tun turns out to be absurdly... Se- it turns out Old Hook Tun's a mother Hook Tun, and that's its baby, and it heard us kill it, and it swims up to eat us. Mm. Fucking world of recall. And leave it to eat Fort Dray Live. That's got some class to it. <laughs> okay, yes. You swim down. Uh, the two of you can make a sneaking up check on... A um, sleeping Elasmosaurus. Yep. Uh, for starters, you can both give me a swim check to endeavor to see how quietly you swim. I'll give you bonuses on your stealth based actions effectively. Corwin moves like a ghost in the night. Uh, and I've got a um, 23. Okay, give me move silently at plus 5. Then. Uh, and, um, I've got um, 27. The elasmos- when you float up quietly towards the Elasmosaurus, it lies on the bottom of the pool. Kaelin's wearing boots of elven kind and not heavy plate mail. Kaelin yep. is super quiet. Yep. Kaelin has a um, AC, of course, Kaelin has an AC of 21, but... Corwin also succeeds at his stealth probably. Yep. And that's Corwin's regular AC. Yeah, yeah. In full plate. <laughs> yeah, but I have my Kaelin bonuses. Yep. Which are fantastic. And armor of thorns, which applies even to my um, regular arm. Ooh, and this beastie's gonna be um, um, an animal. Yeah. yeah, I can totally smite it. Okay, it's asleep. Yep. You can move into position around it. Yep. We take up flanking positions on either side. Yep. I think by its sides, and um, then we sneak attack it. <laughs> yep. Well, well, this will end poorly. <laughs> Um, so we should probably roll initiative to determine what action it gets on future rounds. Uh, you get another stealth check, at the plus five again. Yep. To see if, if coordinate twenty is that. Uh, I rolled kind of poorly on that one, so that's a, a mega sixteen. Yep. It remains asleep. You move up next to it and go to grow. Oh, okay. 
you crit it automatically, roll yep. damage with your lance. Okay. It makes a fort save versus death, and if it passes that, it wakes up. Right, okay, so it's a d8. Ah, uh, uh, yes, and it's times three crit, because it's a lance. Yeah, so basically you move up to this thing as it's sneaking and endeavour to put the lance through its throat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or possibly through its chest, somewhere vital. Alright, uh, so 14 times 3 is... Uh, 42. 42 points of damage with the lance. Okay, so it is making... as a fortitude save. <laughs> It's dead. Okay. <laughs> Sneaking. <laughs> Burlating things in their sleep. It turns out it's easy. Yep. <laughs> I do not feel particularly denied my Elasmosaurus fight here. It's less tough than the one you fought in um, in uh, the Centaur Lake, in like Silver Step or whatever it was. And we've picked up another three or four levels yep. since then. Yep. <laughs> so, you stab it. Corn gives you the that was easy thumbs up, and then you start laboriously tying ropes around it. Yeah, and this is the bit where you need the water breathing for. Yeah, it's because the, well, it will float. Um, yep. you've got to tie it up endlessly, and then the two of you have got to tow it up to the surface swimming. Yeah, which you can do underwater. It only weighs you know a quarter of what it does. Yeah, so. After about an hour of pissing around with the corpse, yeah. you can get it up and tied to the boat. Yep. And you can be on your way. Yep. <laughs> wow, well, did I prepare for that fight? <laughs> I, I said it's a younger it's a younger yeah. Elasmosaurus. You did indeed. And you snuck up on it twice. Yes, yes. And you have uh, made the survival check to catch it napping in the first place. Yes, so actually we did a bunch of very clever things. It's um merely still um Still kind of. Where's you got that that pixie fight in? Corwin, India crosses up. Well, now we get the fun bit. Endeavouring to navigate this bloody lump off the back of the boat back through all them rivers. Alright. Let me see what my proficient sailor check looks like. I've got to tell you, it looks pretty good. (laughs) That's a 27 on my proficient sailor check. Yeah? It says, alright, lad. Okay, I want you in the back of the boat sitting. I want you in the back of the boat sitting with old Lumpy there and you pull and port or starboard when I tell you to give us a bit of extra loft and a bit of extra turn circle. Now you do know which is your port and which is your starboard, don't you? I I think I can manage that one. Right. Alright then. Lead us on. Port, starboard, up, down. Uh, here comes a sandbar. You're going to have to get out and push Lumpy. <laughs> okay, off we go. Back on our way through. Sail, sail, sail. Sail, sail, sail. Right. Now we're coming to the end of the river. I'm gonna be- gonna beach. I'm gonna turn the turn the boat as we come in and try and beach Lumpy up in there. Mm-hmm. He U-turns the boat, swings it right, cut the ropes off, click click. Yeah. It drifts up onto the shore. Yeah. He Corwin brings the boat round, parks it. You guys climb out. All done, sailor. Folds it up, puts it back in his pocket. All right. Right. Now we just gotta lug this bloody thing. All right. Fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> yep, and we haul it out of Drelith land into the keep into the um the area around um, the keep of yep. flowers. Uh, Corwin will actually borrow your gloves of strength for this, so that yep. puts the two of you on eighteen instead of one on twenty and one on sixteen, which yep. means you're not drawing it lopsided. Yeah, yeah. 
and this is hard. This is like your maximum load worth of stuff. Yeah. Five foot around movement speed. Yeah. Five foot around movement speed. But once we get it onto, um, once we get it halfway across the once we get it across um, the keep of flowers. Yep. We arrive at another river. You lug this bloody thing across, arrive at the river and corn. <sighs> Why were we doing this again? Money. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason, I've got to say. <laughs> oh, well, let's, um, let's take a bit of a breather and then we'll hitch Lumpy up to the, um, the new boat. Ugh, just leans back against it. Ugh, no, that's starting to stink. <laughs> <laughs> I was figuring he could be casting gentle repose on it. Did you ask me to? Yeah, I think I would. All right, gentle repose it is. Because that, that way we'll be towing an, instead of towing, we'll be towing an Elasmosaurus corpse instead of stinking Elasmosaurus. And that will lean back against the corpse and die. Well, he's reasonably soft. <laughs> Good work, Lumpy. That'll do, Lumpy. That'll do. <laughs> and then you pull the folding boat out after a break. You start tying it back up again. Says, all right, I understand why we're doing this for money. Can you tell me what old Umberweed wants with a bloody Elasmosaurus? He explained, but I didn't listen after the first ten-syllable word. It, it's it's I listen to Tristan too much is the problem. I just kind of automatically glaze over. I I can understand that. I've seen you do it in the budget briefings. <laughs> all right, let's get this thing strapped up. Alright, and we will literally sail up to um, Umberweed's Tower, which isn't, you know, it is admittedly a bit back from the lake, but not super back. Anybody want an Elasmosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people of Lakeview will come out to see this. They're yeah. kind of impressed by the Elasmosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, being that it's a city, we will actually tow it up onto the bank of the lake and hire porters to carry it to um, uh, carts to carry it to Yeah, given that you're not looking at a long distance here, what they do is get out basically a big string of logs and roll it up there. Absolutely. Um, and probably, you know, this will still take a couple of hours to disembark the thing. Yeah, I'm marking that hex as explored, given the only thing we were waiting on was killing an Elasmosaurus. Oh, my! Oh, that's tremendously exciting. I can't believe you managed to kill this monstrosity. Oh, it's, it's surprisingly not very orky. Ah, I, I thought it would have decomposed or bled a bit more. It looks like it's only really had a single shot dealt to it around the heart. Aye, we, um, we killed it in its sleep. It's in the easiest way. Oh, well, I suppose. Oh, I, I could have done that myself. I know it wasn't going to be so orky. <laughs> Well, um, well, there's a much bigger one in the lake if you're um, if you're tempted. If if this doesn't suit my needs, I suppose I could pay you for that as well. Uh, we're not even assuming we can kill that one. We're not towing it back. <laughs> it is, um, but anyway, Corwin's been keeping him a bit fresher, like so. We did. It, it was a uh, pleasant company. You're on your own with that from now on, though. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, certainly, excellent. But. Um, Oh no, that's that's all right. I can begin the taxidermic processes immediately. Excellent. Um, Finding my side quest sheet. What was I getting paid for the Elasmosaurus mission? I believe I promised you some gold, young man. Eight thousand gold pieces. Yes, indeed. 
Uh, would you take it in platinum? It's rather a lot to carry. I absolutely. I, I do so hate carrying heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we obtain an elasmosaurus rumbleweed. Yep. And he wants the wings from six dragonflies, slug spit, and um, right. Yes, and Idris wants a pony for his little girl. <laughs> yep. And over the next couple of days. Um, Umberweed will start casting his own gentle reposes on it. Yeah. Um, will, um, like, hollow it out, taxidermy it, stuff it, and with the help of, with the help of a couple of weight-reducing spells and several large men, has it leave it up and positioned over the doorway to his wizard's tower. Outside? Yes. Awesome. So the conception is when you go up there now, there's the big foreboding wizard's tower... Yeah. And he's got basically like a stone archway built out front. So here's the front door. Here's the stone archway tunnel thing pointlessly going out. And the architectural purpose of that is so you can put a source over it with its head hanging down on a bunch of sort of hooks and ropes and pulleys and things. So its head hangs down to look at people coming in. Kel and will both go out and admire this and actually spend some time, you know, he will probably actually bring Brandon Micah out so he can hold them up. Big, Papa, big! <laughs> and Tobias, actually, he'll bring all three kids yeah. out. Because I imagine Tobias would Tobias really like that. Tobias will supply them on us. Yeah. And, and um, we that's, that's not all. That, that Archibald Amadeus fellow helped me design this up specially. You just wait there, wait there, wait there. Because he runs inside the tower... Okay, now lift your boy up by its up by its mouth. There's a noise of something being cranked, and the Elasmosaurus head goes up, and its mouth opens, and a noise comes out of it. I'm going to have it tied down and linked to my doorbell. <laughs> this is awesome. This was totally worth towing the thing all this way. Kaylin is happy. So not quite sure how you get it, got it back here, and therefore I assume it wasn't very difficult. <laughs> and actually, it wasn't too bad. I can recommend uh, having 200 foot of rope and a friend with a folding boat is definitely the way to travel. Would have been easier if there was a dratted water route all the way between Drello's land and here, but... Ah, uh, yes. I, I don't much like the water. You can get wet. Mm-hmm. Rather rocky. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you have delivered him an elasmosaurus. <laughs> For his edification. Alright, at which point this seems an appropriate moment to divide treasure. <laughs> Given that I've got 8,000 GP in there. Mm-hmm. And a um, little collection of um, things from the. Um, I've got spider caverns. Uh, Probably, yep. Um, Boots of Elvenkind, Cloak of Elvenkind, Cloak of Resistance, plus two of Spider Silk. Um, uh, that's probably from the um, the Centaurs. Yeah, so that was a while ago. Yep. I haven't divvied it as yet, so... Feel free to divvy your shit. Alrighty. Okay, so... 8,200 GP to start us out. And then, um... Boots of Elvenkind, Cloak of Elvenkind. So how much are boots and cloaks and things? Let me uh, they quick. are worth two and a half thousand of these. Cool. Okay. Um, cloak of Resistance plus two? Uh, don't know off the top of my head. 
look it up. Guess it's four thousand, but I could be wrong. Uh, hey, look of resistance four thousand. Very nice. Um, and um, plus three flaming burst arrows. I've got fifteen of them, but um, if you can tell me what one is worth, I'm happy to do the times fifteen. Yep. Time to calculate it, oh, which I have here. Thank you for not getting up. How about just check that one again? Yeah, yeah no problem, sweetie. Yeah. Um, so that was for the one of my side quests at the yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, where it came from. I'm just checking. I've given you the right arrows as opposed to... Um, I've got plus three flaming burst on here, but maybe I got that a wrong. A dozen plus three flaming burst arrows. Ah, uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so each one of them is worth a thousand gold. Sweet. So twelve thousand gold. Yep. Wow. Yeah, a plus five weapon is worth fifty thousand gold. Yeah. There and it's worth a fiftieth. Each one is worth a fiftieth of that. Yeah. So nice. That, yep. That's where you're at. Cool. Alrighty. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure Tristan wants to shoot them now. <laughs> yeah. A thousand gold an arrow is quite expensive. On the other hand, um, it's plus three, and the flaming burst is some sign of if you get a, criti- get a critical, it catches fire. Uh, it's plus three to hit, plus three to damage. Uh, extra d6 of fire damage because it's flaming burst. Yeah. And if it hits, uh, it is an extra two. If it crits, it's an extra two d10 of fire damage. So they're kind of awesome. They are kind of awesome. I know it's very expensive. All right, can you toss me the calculator? Um, I will math. Uh, no, I can't. Um, it's been too long since I did the treasure division. I know I take a share from the party off the original number. I just can't remember if I was taking a fifth or a sixth, dividing it by five or by six. Uh, to um, as though we had. I believe it was five because you're a five-man party. Sweet. Okay. It's um too much cr- crimson throne treasure division. Yep, yep. Outside of running two D and D campaigns beside each other, actually that's pretty awesome. But um, you know, treasure division is kind of complex enough for one. Yeah, Tristan is just no. He's not going to buy a plus five arrows. Well, these are only plus three arrows. Yeah, functionally plus five arrows. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, okay, so that's. Um, In the half price. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a pain in the ass to keep track of. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You'd much rather just have a flaming burst bow. Yeah, yeah. All arrows do that shit. Yeah, alrighty. So, um, okay, so that's some money for party gold and some money for Kaelin. Ato. Okay, um. Yeah, no, that's money you could have spent on clocks and charisma and shit. So. Yeah, alrighty. So, um, I am inquiring of the group. Kalen already has boots he likes and the clo- a cloak he likes. Um, does anyone want any of this stuff? Uh, boots, boots of elven kind, cloak of elven kind, plus two cloak of resistance. Uh, I gotta think someone's gonna somebody's want that. gonna want that cloak. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone's mad keen on the boots. Tristan doesn't have boots. Um, Bryn doesn't want to move any silent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see why it's not um, 
Michaela has boots of striding and springing. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, boots are uh, uh, boots and cloak are a good item slot. Uh, Corn has bits of boots of the winter fell. Mm-hmm. He had something on there. Because they give him endure elements and make him immune to the cold. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, because I kept towing him out in the snow. Yes. So no, nobody wants your boots of Elven kind. Okay. Does somebody want the cloak? Of, but somebody wants the cloak of resistance. Oh, quite certainly. I think they must have been um, just writing down the party gold without really paying attention for the last little while. There's a big stack of cash in there. It really is. It says here twenty nine thousand. That's not actually particularly. Is that? Sounds about right. Good God. Mm-hmm. Uh, each of the NPCs, as their wealth by level went up, went up seventeen thousand. Okay, yeah, it's not it's not as crazy as it sounds then. All right. So I have noted that I have a spare plus two cloak of resistance for someone to buy when they go buy their shit. Yep. So um, and that's treasure division. Yep. So it is um possibly getting on time for some manner of lunch or. Something of that nature. I don't know if we want to um, finish out with a kingdom turn or leave it here. Uh, whatever works for you, Cedar. Be time uh, to get Luke up um, in a bit. Um, well, I wonder about finishing here. Um, if we get a kingdom turn, we'll know. No doubt, I would like a kingdom turn. Let's, no, if you like. let's have one and finish out on something slightly more interesting than the incredibly anticlimactic. <laughs> All right, so. There is the uh, 4720. Yep, we begin in Cholesterol 4720. It's the new year. And yes, we um, have now explored a um, moderate bit of the um, eastern edge of Dreyleg's kingdom and um, removed a um, large percentage of monsters he hadn't bothered killing. Mm-hmm. Not to mention found a couple of monuments to his greatness. Well, it's hard when you put all those monsters a kill and you're so great to fit it all in. <laughs> the question I have for you... Yes. Um, one of your kingdom things this turn is Elvis's wedding. Ah, yes. I don't know whether you want to um, play it out as a full-blown scene or just leave it be. We have had several weddings already. Yeah, I think um, there's probably one or two character scenes I'd like to do. Yep. But I don't necessarily want to do a... Yep, I'd, I'd like scene. Brief scene, yeah. No problem. I'd like to have a conversation with Vaughn, and I think um, Elvis's wedding would be a good setting for which to do it. Yep. But I figure the um, we can just set the stage a little bit and yep. then um, do one or two scenes and then leave it be. No problem. Well, is um, is Jod okay to officiate? Uh, yeah, he's planning on it. Sweet. Just he would be the one Kaelin would want unless Elvis wants someone different. Chris will want someone different. Chris will want us, you know, there to barely be a wedding for it all to be over as quickly as possible, I would imagine. <laughs> On the other hand, Bryn has totally set the precedent that you can get married in whatever you personally want to wear. I mean, she she um, accepted absolutely no changes to her outfit for the wedding. So we take no immediate... We didn't take any build point loss from the um, catfish thing at all long-term economic consequences. <laughs> Alright. 
I kind of know, the, like, the notion that it's only mostly sanctions. Like, they're not quite prepared to cut off all economic trade, even to give us the big hit. It's you the... do not interfere with trade. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Only mostly screwed. Okay, I'm ready. Roll stability. Uh, made it. So, lose one point of unrest. Yep. Go down to zero. Yep. Things have calmed down after that whole we were invaded business. Pay cons... Oh, no, sorry. Remember... Pay consumption? Pay consumption. Yep. Okay, so... 52. Gain magic items. Yes, please. I have a slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes, and the thing I keep forgetting to do, my economy's gone. I boosted my economy last turn, so my um, total value goes up. Now, you've got that time of understanding, so you must have enough money for this one, because it's actually slightly cheaper. 20, I've got 29,500. Yep. yep. There. Were you good? Uh, just give me one second. Just um, cleaning this up so I can see what's going on with it. Yes. They are greater braces of archery. Ooh. Uh, they make you proficient in any sort of bow. Or if you are already proficient with the type you're wielding, then you get plus two to attack, plus one to damage. Nice. So old Tristan might eye that one off. Yeah. Because that would actually make him proficient with longbows for the um, rushlight tournament. That's excellent. All right, so is he interested? Uh, I would think hell yes. I'll have to check his um, his braces slot. Yeah. Uh, um, so, sorry, I got distracted when I was doing the treasure. I'm assuming Tristram does no one wants to buy the Flaming Burst Arrows? No. Yeah, I, I don't either. No, Tristram's the one most interested in them, but at 500 gold a pop. Yeah, and the thing is, um, Caitlin probably would be interested in them, but I'm having uh, quite a bit of trouble tracking his existing pile of interesting stuff that yeah. he's picked up, and arrows are really yeah, not I, his weapon. I prefer to have... Um... When, when I do archers, I tend to have a nice magic bow that adds crap to everything. And then just have, I have, you know, 50 adamantine arrows, 50 cold iron ones, 50 silver, and just yeah. now I have an infinite supply of these particular type of arrows. Yeah. Okay. So, braces of, greater braces of archery? Yep. I would like to know if Trishner is interested, but yes, it doesn't. Yes, he is. Cool. Alright, so I can cross them off. He is going to purchase them. Uh, do I need to decide that now? No, you do not. Okay. Cool. That's fine. I will click, I will, um, Leave them as something someone is interested in, and you can decide later. Yeah, because I'm going to do all the NPCs, treasure buying and stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's all good. Yep. Uh, use your Royal Enforcer. Yep. Assign your leadership. Yes, so that that happens. Yep. Crystal, uh, at this point, steps out of the role of Royal Enforcer. Yep. So we will rob off Crystal happily, because she's getting engaged and not getting killed or... Um, or resigning for a bad reason or anything of that. But yes, she is no longer a royal enforcer. So, um, I will, um, talk to Michaela briefly, um, about that while I have considered Zamath for such a delicate role, um, I'm thinking of, um, 
Elvis's Elvis's um, ninja if he's interested. I yep. I forget what the man's actual name is, Huxley, but I believe. Yeah, but um, basically the gist is that um, I'm relying. He, I don't know him at all, but I know mm. that Elvis trusts him, and that is not a little thing. Yes. Yes. If do you wish to speak to Huxley? Do you yes, to I think I think I think hiring the man um, is um, worthy of an actual conversation, given it's only the third one I'll ever have had with him on the screen. I will go um, go see him. You have Huxley. Uh, so he is a very almost suspiciously generic looking um, River Kingdoms guy, you know. White skin, short black hair, you know, little, well manicured beard that could probably come off at a moment's notice. Um, and he is at present living in literally in Thorn Manor. Yeah, so I will go see him. Because I imagine Caelan spends some time in Thorn Manor. Yeah. You know, not super amounts when the eldest, when no one is living there, but um, it is some, certainly somewhere he feels capable of just wandering in. Yep, and he will give you a bow and Lord Thorn. What can I do for you? I am, um... Happen to be in the need of a royal enforcer as my old one is, uh, getting married. You he, may have, you yeah, may yeah, have heard. Yes, of course, well, well aware <laughs> yeah. of this. He says, and I happen to be in need of a new position, as I have doubts that Lord Eldis will require any messengers conveyed to the shackles in any hurry. I, I think the, um... The message there is that he's coming, and uh, maybe it'd be better if be a surprise. He has made most clear, clear his desire to travel alone with his with his young new wife. I can hardly fault him. So, um, would you be interested in the role? I've um, not um, yet spoken of um, what you might be interested in. So, I will actually both ask him if he wants to be the royal enforcer and ask him what roles he might be interested in the future, because you yep. know things get rearranged. Yeah, yeah, he understands the policy. Um, I have served House Thorn for many years, but always in a more shadowy role. I think anything forward or open is less suitable for me. Um, he won't take counsellor, won't take general. Yeah. Uh, won't take. Uh, no, actually, he will take general. He won't take around diplomat. Uh, he he would take high priest. Okay, interesting. Uh, if you start asking him, you can start asking him about his religious inclinations if you so desire. I am curious, but I'll uh, make it clear he doesn't have to tell me. This is my religious, my my religious inclinations to shadow, to shadows and being unseen are quite legal within Stagthorn. Okay, he's a follower of Norg. Yes, yes, he is. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, no, then. He has no real expectation. You're going to make him the high priest, but he no. would do it. Uh, Magister, he would do. Marshal, he would not. Royal Enforcer, he would. Spy Master, he would, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, it's unlikely he's going to get... Um, hang on, who's, who's the Spy Master? Oh, well, that. Then it is quite possible he could get Spy Master at some point. Yeah. Uh, treasurer. Treasurer. And that's pretty much it. 
and um sorry um so it's Magister, Spymaster, Treasurer, Warden? No. No, not Warden and not Marshal? No. Too public. Yep, he doesn't want to be going out and enforcing the laws openly. Right. Like, Kressel pretty much goes and slaps people around who are causing you trouble as her role as a royal enforcer, and yeah. Warren did it the same way. Yeah. Uh, Huxley will just slip into people's bedrooms in the middle of the night and tell them what they should be doing. Yeah. And that will doubtless creep people out, but the thing is, I've never, you know, the theory is you can have a bold paladin who rides forth and enforces your standards, or yes. a creepy guy who sleeps into people's bedrooms, and, you know, neither Bryn nor Crestle was exactly the cuddly kind of royal enforcer. Uh, I'm good with the slipping into people's bedrooms thing. Yes, I will hire Huxley. Okay, uh, he... So, um, officially, um, Akaros is my approved, um, Gorham-approved general, yep. and Chief Scott Scales is um, equally Gorham-approved, but I am one um, one Gorham-approved person down, uh, yep. which I'm just trying to keep track of yep. in case I ever run completely out. Yep. Uh, so he adds to whatever it is you put him on, no, sorry, loyalty for the Royal yep. Enforcer, uh, is plus three. Very nice. So he's as effective as Crystal, yep. albeit um, in a slightly different way. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's both kind of a fear... It, it's kind of a message of don't cross the king, it's just a differently delivered message of yep. don't cross the king. It's literally Dex will strength that Crystal use strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And, um, yes, I will replace... Um, I will assign leadership replacing Crystal with Huxley and gain yep. a point of unrest. Yep. Uh, I can't imagine that's because people miss Kressel. <laughs> um, people are concerned that your new royal enforcer is some guy that they know nothing about uh, yeah. who makes no effort to publicly publicise himself whatsoever. Yeah, they're nervous about the fact that the royal enforcer is a guy they know nothing about who's deliberately keeping his secrets. Yes. Yep. Good plan. <laughs> Alright, and I will switch the old Beldame to economy as my spy master at the same time as we have a... Um, Yes, yes, I understand. We need to keep an eye on where our resources are coming from. As we have a sudden, desperate need for um, an improvement in that regard. So. Which I will do in my boring math stage. Alright. And speaking of which, I believe we're up to the boring math stage. Don't you've got, bore yourself. Have you got a DS of some kind? I have a Call of Cthulhu of Watch the Road. Dork. Okay, and um, I am going to build a market. Yep. Which I have never ever done before. Welcome. I suppose you want me to tell you what it involves. Yep, I would like to tell you specifically how big it is, given that it requires two free houses, and um, also what it does. Uh, so I'm building one in Lakeview. Is it a new one or an old one? It's an old one. It's one of the original... It's one of the... I've only not built about three things on the old list, and this is one of them. Yep. I have built a magic shop, an arena, a black market, a regular market, and a waterfront, and everything else I've built at least one of. Yep. That tells me um, which book I need to look in. Mm-hmm. Uh, market is two squares. Cool. And what does it do? Uh, it does. Alright, so this market is a big open area filled with a wide variety of stalls, including an open space for travelling merchants and that sort of thing. Sweet. Uh, it increases your city base value by 2,000 gold. Sweet. 
produces two more minor item slots. Yep. Economy plus two, stability plus two. Oh, very nice. Just what I need. And that's it. That is it. Cool. Very nice. Okay, and um, additionally to that, I am claiming D7 in Varnhold, mm-hmm. which is a random mountainous hex in between uh, next to the lake mm-hmm. and building a mine in it. There is absolutely nothing there, to the best of my knowledge, so I don't expect to get any special bonuses for it, beyond the additional plus one uh, money a tier. Mm-hmm. No problem. Right, and... Um, I shall write that in one minute. And that is everything. Mm-hmm. So it is collect taxes. Which is a occasion kind of fraught with peril because of my um, very damaged opponent. And it is going to come right down to the wire. And I make my economy check. By w- I get 91, I need 91. Yep, and your money coming in from the markets assists you. Yes. And I pick up another 30 gold points. Yep, ending the turn on 36. Yep. So Treasury takes a bit of a dip as I spend quite a lot of money on the market. I actually overspent that slightly. I'll have to well, use more care about how I calculate these things. Okay. And um, then you're on to Kingdom Events. Uh, yes. Uh, and you want to have a few various conversations with people. So at this point you might want to leave it be. Yeah, I think so. Because we need to get Luke up. Yeah, so um, we end the turn on Palistral just before Kingdom Events kick in. So um, anything else that happens you can um, roll out as well. And... Um, Neither of these, I must admit, are compellingly dramatic, so let us begin with the wedding. Yep. So, we move ahead to Eldis and Cressel's wedding day and wait to see whether either of them will show up. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs>